This week, like many weeks during the pandemic, has given us plenty to celebrate and plenty to grieve. It can be easy to neglect our mental health in times like these, which is why we invite you to join us in donating to Dr. Jennifer Mullen and her decolonizing therapy project. As her website states, Dr. Mullen believes that it is essential to create dialogue to address how mental health is deeply affected by systemic inequities and the trauma of oppression, particularly the well-being of queer, indigenous, black, brown people of color. We hope you also take time this week to address your own mental health and take care of yourselves. Previously on Harry Potter and the Anxious Millennials... I feel like the conductor is like the person that is at the front of the train. You're thinking of Skimbleshanks, the railway cat. (laughs) Yes, of course, I must have been thinking of Skimbleshanks. Okay, you know what I'm thinking of is um, the conductor in like the Polar Express. So I guess, yes, that's like basically what Stan does. He's Uh, serving hot chocolate. (laughs) Yeah, just like the Polar Express. Chocolate. Special appearance by Stan Chungpai. But then he also oh, wow. comes back in like book seven. Yeah. Because he's like a death eater. <laughs> yeah. Adam's, Adam's uh, image of Stan has just been shattered. Any, for, a, any form of transportation in the wizarding world, when I hear the description of it, I'm like, I would not like that. <laughs> Flying on brooms? Absolutely not. Court keys? Hell no. The, the trolley thing in Gringotts? Not happening. Yeah. Being flushed down Grandma a toilet. Minos. <laughs> being flushed down a toilet. Yes, yeah. yes. Standing in a toilet and being flushed into it. He also was actually like shrinking <laughs> down in his chair. The commitment to the bit was <laughs> amazing. That's all for our listeners. Check out YouTube.com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But instead, we have to do this whole rigmarole of being like, oh, yes, uh, well, quite. Uh, we will need to absolutely. Uh, maybe it's best to not get it on the Yeah. I think it's, it's for the best that you cannot go talk to me, Harry. Yeah, absolutely. Thank I think- you. <laughs> Welcome to Harry Potter and the Anxious Millennials, a show where we delve week by week into each chapter of the Harry Potter series. Welcome back. Here we are. Um, it's another beautiful day here in on planet Earth. The neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The gayborhood. Um... <laughs> I did not ask this yet, so I can ask it now officially, and you have to answer, Allie, because I have not asked it yet. How are you doing today? (laughs) Blue. (laughs) I'm blue. How about you? Ari, does that make you gray? Yes. Blue and gray. I like to call blue. I just want... To be happier. Be happy. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. I was listening to um, my record. Well, I... Yes, record. 
<laughs> I would like to <laughs> preface this entire episode by saying my allergies are off the chain today. I will try to edit out every sniffle, every sneeze, every little snort that I have. But if I miss any, I do deeply apologize to the listeners because I know how deeply <laughs> disgusting it is to hear. This week, we read chapter four called The Leaky Cauldron, also known as, say it with me, The Crockpot. Crockpot. Allie, what happens in this chapter? <laughs> Harry goes school supply shopping, part three. Woo. Yes, very good. That was great. I'm trying to be better about being like, <laughs> absolutely. <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> yes, we love it. Yes. Um, Thank you for the, the feedback. Last... Thank you. Is this the last time we like really go, Harry goes school supply shopping? In the series, like officially, in a real way? No. Okay. No. I just told Ari and Allie this, but I will own up to the listeners that I read this five minutes before we started recording. So it is fresh. It has had no time to percolate in my brain. So all of my reactions will be... How far... Immediate. How far in advance do you normally read? Usually, like, the morning. Like, if we record on a Saturday, usually I'll read, like, the morning of. So not, like, super long. I but I always read, like, a couple hours or an hour before. I always read. I, I read the chapter, and then I do my makeup. Chapter starts out, and we are with Harry in Leaky Cauldron, Diagon Alley. And, you know, we get our nice little snippets of the Wizarding World. It's fun. Yay world building um what the fuck is a hag thank you my first question is i know what a hag is in layman's terms as well, we yeah. know a hag but I know. what is a hag like in fantastic beasts what do they classify a hag as well i wrote hag down is in my the notes. third the third co-host of this podcast it's Allie. thank you <laughs> i wrote down in my notes that it would make more sense if it said something like uh a woman suspiciously like looking suspiciously like a hag following around gay icon Elvis Dumbledore. (laughs) Known homosexual. (laughs) (laughs) I don't Um, understand. Like, is she not human? She must not be. I don't know. And then she's ordering raw liver. What's going on with her? But she's like, is she like a humanoid creature? I don't I don't understand. I'm I gotta get the book out because I literally have no idea what you're talking about. And again, I just read this chapter. So I don't know if I just skipped an entire paragraph or what. (laughs) When you were speed reading, yeah, you just flew over it. (laughs) I've assigned she her pronouns, but I guess the hag could be he him. Mm -hmm, Not binary. Mm -hmm. There's no gender indicated. And if if we know it is also fluid hags. Yeah. If we know anything about J.K. Rowling, it's that she she is a very open mind when it comes to gender. And gender Absolutely. Expression. If there's anything we know, J.K. loves women. <laughs> career, career women for J.K. Rowling and, and tags intersex icons. I just, I just, okay, I, under, I know why I skipped it because the, I will read the entire sentence. Funny little witches from the country up for a day's shopping. Venerable looking wizards arguing over the latest article in Transfiguration today. 
wild-looking warlocks, rocket dwar- raucous dwarfs, and once what looked suspiciously like a hag who ordered a plate of raw liver from behind a thick woolen balaclava. Okay, a couple things, Joe. Um, that's too many things to list. Let's not do that. Um, <laughs> I just do some editing Thank there. Thank you. Because definitely, I remember, now I remember reading the sentence, and I just skipped to the balaclava, because I was like, I don't care what he saw in this town. <laughs> Truly, it does not matter to me. I, I need to move on. I'm trying to, I have to record a podcast, Joe, so... <laughs> My favorite thing about this conversation, though, was that Allie referred to the hag as hag. Like, that was her name. Just hag. Hag. I, she, it was hag, a hag or the hag. Long, long. Yeah, it was hag. <laughs> anyway. We'll never know. We'll never know what a hag know. is. What a Wait, confusing you, start. Do you have... The Fantastic Beast book, does it have Hag classified in there? Let me go get it. <laughs> no, it goes straight from Grindelo to Hippocampus. So it must be a person. Of course. Here we go. Here, Potter. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Google it. Okay. Some me. of the content in this article is derived from information <laughs> featured in Harry Potter Puzzles and Spells and Harry Potter Wizards Unite. Uh... From The Dark Forces, A Guide to Self-Protection, Quentin Trimble says, and I quote, The hag is a child-eating creature of human appearance, although likely to have more warts than the average witch. So it is a woman. (laughs) Yeah. Classified as female specifically. Okay. Of course. So just like Uh, an extra warty woman. What would a woman, children? What what is a woman's greatest desire if not children? She can I say this too? I'm going to give you some history on hags. In the 14th century, hags were gliding about in search of children to eat at Burdock Muldoon's failed <laughs> meeting of the Wizards Council, welcoming any two-legged creatures as beings. Sometime during the 17th or 18th century, the witch Honoria Nutcombe founded the Society for the Reformation of Hags, presumably a charitable organization to help hags integrate into wizarding society, and its headquarters were in Diagon Alley, London. I hate it here. (laughs) I hate her. Why did she even write it? Why? No one was asking for that. I know we are interested in what a hag is, but like you didn't need to create a fucking backstory for freaking hags. (laughs) Hag, please. So we get more peeks into Harry's life. Like he doesn't have to do his homework in the dark anymore. Instead, he's doing it outside of Florian Fortescue's. Florian... You should not be giving away so much of your product so often for free. Harry, also, no one should be eating an ice cream sundae every 30 minutes. Yeah, Harry, come on. Is is there a a spell to cure diabetes, Harry? Because you're close. (laughs) Oh, God. You're very close. Um, so... Then, uh, then, you know, he's he's like, sorry, I just want to say this. I want to interrupt you and say this. Shout out to Florian Fortescue's who might be 
which might be my favorite. No, I'm just going to say it's my favorite ice cream theme park place on planet Earth. Oh, right. It's so good. Yeah. And that's all I really wanted to say. But shout out to Universal and the creative team over there. It's separate from the candy shop? Yes. Thank you, strawberry peanut butter. Yeah. I don't think we have that here. Oh, yeah, we win it because we don't have Diagon Alley here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so we get Harry trying to exercise self-control and not buy anything. I just want to make a little comment here that he had to stop himself from buying uh, a perfect moving model of the galaxy in a large glass ball, which would have meant he never had to take another astronomy lesson. Again, the wealth inequality here. Oh, yeah. I, if you have enough money to buy a fancy ball, you don't have to take a course. <laughs> <laughs> You've moved ahead. Um, so that's just a little aside. And then the big thing that happens several days into his stay is that um, over at Harry's favorite store, Quality Quidditch Supplies, the Firebolt broom has been unveiled. I don't think I would like Harry Potter. I don't think I would be <laughs> friends with him. I, I feel strongly about this. I think he would well, we annoy would be me. Full pop first off, so <laughs> I think I would just mostly be irritated. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have to really interact with him that often. But if I had to, I feel like the only conversations he's having that we don't like the ones in his daily life where we're not reading about it is he's just like, do you see? He just like is like a sports guy, <laughs> and it's like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need this. Yeah, I yeah. I don't need this toxic masculinity. <laughs> yes, thank you. He goes back to look at the broom every day. What what new what's gonna change about the broom that you have to go go see it every day? And also he never asked the price. Just ask the price at that point. How much do we think the firebolt was? Do we think it was like multiple installments, like three least, installments of I think it was at least 15 sickles. <laughs> yes, at least. Probably. Yeah. Minimum. That's my guess. <laughs> I think I, I think I agree with you. Minimum 15 sickles. I'm going to say it's probably I, at least three of those astronomy balls. That's what I'm going to yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also, there is a little Americanism in the description of the Firebolt when they say that it has an acceleration of 150 miles an hour. Right. Um, But I also just want to say 150 miles an hour on a broomstick is incredibly dangerous and no one could ever be doing that. That You wouldn't stay on the broom. There's no way you could stay on the broom. Insane. Harry's glasses would immediately fly off. I... That's not safe. I don't know why it's maybe um, I'll give Joe the benefit of the doubt and be like, maybe she didn't understand just how fast that is. But like, that's so fast. <laughs> that's insane. I feel like an adult couldn't hold on to the broom if it was going that fast. Def- and definitely not a 13 year old child. There's no way. You just come off every time and you look like you've had an incredible facelift. Just like, oh, what? everything's pushed <laughs> back. Facelift and a blowout. Yes, what and a Brazilian. Like a full blowout. Yeah. 
What happens to you if you fall off a broom going 150 miles an hour? You just Dead. explode? Death. What happens if you are You're on dead. a broom and you and you run into a tree at 150 miles an hour? It's I wild. The firebolt is is you know what? I'm going to I'm going to venture to say it's too much. I I think so you said you mentioned the miles per hour thing. I do feel like I remember reading once and I don't I don't I'm not I don't care enough to look. So I'm going to be honest. This is just me fully conjecturing. Um, I think and one time possibly making things up. Sure. Absolutely. I think one time Joe said like lying. the wizarding world still uses the um, what is it? The imperial system? Is that what the like inches, miles? Isn't it the imperial versus the metric I instead of the metric be, system? I think you might be right. I think you might. Be I think right, she's because yeah. because like they still use inches for the wands and stuff instead of like centimeters. And I also feel like in this chapter specifically, we kind of I feel like we're being gaslit about Harry's uh, fortune in in Gringotts. Because when he first went to Gringotts, it was like there were piles of coins. There were stacks and stacks. In Chamber of Secrets, when he goes to his vault with the, the Weasleys, he can't like he can't cover the mass of coins with his body. <laughs> and then here he's like, Well, I can't I can't buy anything expensive because I need to have enough money to buy school supplies for the rest of the years at Hogwarts. And it's like, how much are you thinking school supplies are gonna be? <laughs> he said he was like, I'm not gonna empty my vault for the firebolt. Maybe he just doesn't understand money. Yeah, he's they don't take math at Hogwarts, so he doesn't know. I don't know. I just felt like I was like it's either one or the other. We can't have it's it's topped, it's brimming with coins and also buying a broomstick would bankrupt him. But he's also a classic <laughs> rich person in like that he's very frugal. Like just yes. very stingy and that's the way they keep yes. their money. Yes. Absolutely. Um, so it's time for Harry to, to replenish his supplies. He goes and gets potion supplies. He gets new robes and he's got to get new school books. And he shows up at Flourish and Blotts and notices that the monster, there is a, a large cage in the, the storefront window that is just chock, chock full of monster book of monsters. Why have they not restrained these books? Why, why are they just letting them go rabid? at each other like put a belt around <laughs> tie them up or something <laughs> restrain like, these books that's what i'm saying i was like i'm sorry if harry can very easily do that to his book so that it's not going wild why have you not done the same thing you're a full-grown adult wizard really the best defense <laughs> that you have against them is a walking stick what what isn't there like a spell that you can do to just kind of freeze them in place too? Like there has to be, yeah, there has to be something like that they can do. It, it seemed unlikely. Although I will say he was like, this is the worst thing that's happened since we ordered 200 copies of the invisible book of <laughs> invisibility. Boo. No. And Boo. never found them. You know what? I, no. I made I made up a nice story in my head instead that uh, it was like a heist or like it, someone swindled them. It's like an emperor's <laughs> new clothes type deal. Where Kaz the book- Brecker and the gang yeah, swindled the- them. <laughs> exactly. The books never existed to begin with. 
they they yeah, just yeah. got they just got had and taken for a ride and then they were like oh shit we just bought all these books and they didn't actually exist um so that was but how nice- would you read a book of invisibility in the first place it's just a dumb idea i don't like it there was something else she could have come up with i don't know i am mad that, about it that's why i made up the story to make myself feel better yeah y- yes <laughs> i made up my own backstory i liked the idea that that it was a scam i liked i like that idea that they were just i think was what you're saying that they were just had but yeah. then i was like yeah because like three weeks ago i was like what publisher makes a book that like will eat the reader like who why would you do this and again i say what publisher is making a book? I'm going to reiterate my point from three weeks ago because this is so stupid. Scholastic spooks. Adam, no publisher because it was a scam. Uh, we have confirmed a- that it was Kaz Bricker. This is now okay, canon. All along. This is now canon in my mind. It was a Bloomsbury bad idea. I'll say that. Okay. <laughs> Exit this podcast. <laughs> and that's all for today. Thank you. Like, comment, subscribe. Oh my God. So then um, Harry's like, I need a copy of Unfogging the Future. And he goes and he reads some book titles. I have to say that just as I have found a latent talent for tweeting about Harry Potter, that it's like my life's calling. I think that J.K. Rowling's life calling was actually creating titles for m- books about magic. And fun names like what was the guy's name last Colonel week? Fubster. Yeah, Colonel like, Fubster. Predicting, and Cornelius Fudge. Predicting the unpredictable. Insulate yourself against shocks. Broken balls. When fortune <laughs> turn foul. This is where she truly shines. Yeah. Only there. Only it's there. It's broken balls for me. It's broken <laughs> balls. <laughs> broken balls. I just liked how oh. Allie said it. Broken balls. Um, so, but then as he, he sees another book on display called Death Omens, what to do when you know the worst is coming. And he sees a large black dog on it. And what kills me is that he doesn't even pick up the book and look inside of it. All he sees is this black dog on the cover of the book says to himself, I just saw a black dog. It must be an omen of death. I was like, Harry, pick it up and read more about it. Explore the possibilities. You are making a wild assumption based on the cover of a book on a subject that you know nothing about. And now you're numbly walking through the streets of Diagon Alley, contemplating the fragility of life, thinking that you're about to be murdered by someone. What is wrong with him? (laughs) Take 30 seconds. Take 30 seconds. Go to the index, find Big Black Dog, Oh, God. He's just committed to doing the least he possibly can. Truly. Um, so he he goes back and he's in a real mood. He goes back to his 
his um, hotel room. And again, with the fucking mirrors in the wizarding <laughs> world, he tries to straighten his hair and the mirror says, you're fighting a losing battle there, dear. If I existed in the wizarding world, I would leave no mirror unbroken. If any yeah. mirror tried to talk to me in this way, it would shards of glass everywhere. I don't give a shit about bad luck. I am not taking sass from an inanimate object. Um, I, I just read that and then I read the, the closing of the chapter and I, my immediate thought was just like, she didn't know how to end this because she likes to end them with like a little one liner and she just didn't know how to work one in when Harry was by himself. And so she was like, I've pulled this trope out before. Maybe the, maybe the room he's staying in has a mirror that I haven't mentioned yet. And I was like, I like the, I like the one at the end of the chapter though. I'm into it. I don't like this one, but I like the one at the end of the chapter. I think you're right, though, that she just had him had the mirror say this to him so she could bring it back later, if that's what you're saying. Yeah. 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 I don't I don't I don't like the idea of a mirror speaking to me. Um, so then we, you know, Harry's spending the next couple of days and he's looking everywhere for Ron and Hermione. Why? Why did he not write them? Why was he committed not, like, to doing the bare minimum once again? I like mean, he, he's now in this magic place. He has his owl. Why has he not sent them a letter that's like, "Hey guys, messed up big time here at the Leaky <laughs> Cauldron. Let me know when you'll be here." Especially at that age, like when you're 13, you'd be like, "Hey, I'm at the Leaky Cauldron. I'm going to be here for like the next week, several weeks, whatever." I feel like that'd be the first thing you would want to do. Tell your friends that's where you're going to be if they want to come see you. You have all he this still freedom thinks, now. He still thinks Dobby is going to intercept his mail. So he's just like, I won't even <laughs> try. It's not worth it. Not worth it. Um, so he sees, he finally sees um, the day before, excuse me, the day before they uh, have to go to the Hogwarts Express. He sees Ron and Hermione and they're all excited and they're like, woo, we're together again. You're the only people in the world I care about. We love each other. <laughs> And um, Hermione's like, "Boo boo, did you really blow up your aunt?" And Harry's like, <laughs> "Right away." <laughs> Harry's like, "I did. The rumors are true. I did." And um, and he's like, "Can you believe I didn't get in trouble at all?" Um, and Ron's like, "Yeah, you fucker, because your name is Harry Potter, and you yeah. <laughs> have every privilege in the world." Bitch, do you know who you are? <laughs> Everyone always lets you off. Ugh. But also, they these kids really do think that they would expel one of them for, like, accidental magic. Like, this is just normal? I, I don't know. Because it's like, it's something that they really can't control. But it's like, oh, yeah, I'm really lucky I didn't get expelled for that. There's either two things happening here. It's either that they're just paranoid and stupid, which is... A distinct possibility in this case. Or that expel expulsions happen so often at Hogwarts, but we just don't hear about them in the book series. But like consistently (laughs) students are tossed out of the school left and right. But then if you're if that many kids are expelled or if it's that common, like, are they banished? Like, what happens to those witches and wizards who, like, don't get to finish their schooling? Here's the thing. We know of one person 
who was definitely expelled. And his name yes. is Rubius Hagrid. Right. And he still lives on the grounds of the school he was expelled from. So right. clearly he was not outlawed. Yeah, yeah. The bravest man but it's Harry just like, what ever do you, knew. What do you expect then? <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense, though, for a student to... A student can't control their magic because they're young and like a teenager and stupid. So they do something like blow up their aunt. And then the solution is, well, kick them out of school. It's like, no, that's exactly why they need to be in school because you need to teach them how to control and like harness their magic. It's just so stupid. But the thing I was going to, the other thing I was going to say was when Harry's like, how did you know? How did you know I was here? And Ron goes, dad, then why didn't Arthur meet him at Leaky Cauldron? I, well, I was just going to say that maybe they were keeping it under wraps until they had confirmed that he was safe. But that's, I'm still saying, like, why wouldn't Arthur go there? It's just weird to me that it's but like, that's, that's oh, what yeah, I'm saying. Maybe, maybe Fudge didn't want to tell anybody until he knew that Harry was safe. Oh, was I see. You're up. saying he told them afterward. Yeah, yeah. Because he no. even says, like, when Harry shows up, he's like, oh, good. We thought, we, we thought you might be here, but we didn't know. To me, I'm like he didn't want he did he didn't want to tell anybody that Harry was missing until he had found him. Fudge, you need to practice confidentiality a little bit more. Then, like the fact that you're just like, oh, I went to the Leaky Cauldron and Harry Potter was there. I found him. It's like just like blabbing about it to everyone. I'm like, dude, come on, you're Minister of Magic. He's incompetent. Um, yeah. So. Um, Ron reveals that he has gotten a new wand. Why is it so long? It is 14 <laughs> inches. That's only Do you want two- me to answer that? That's okay. <laughs> okay, Ari. That's only <laughs> that's only two inches shorter than Hagrid's. I remember when we talked about Hagrid's wand, we were like, Hagrid's wand is 16 inches. Why is why is Ollivander out here making a 16-inch wand? And Wait, then now yeah, how long out- is 14 inches? I like want that's, a measuring that's tape. That's like the length of your arm. <laughs> that's long. You have to think about a ruler plus two. Hold on. Let me get my tape. Yeah. I'll go get yeah, my Because I was like, I have one somewhere. Adam, get your tape measure. No. <laughs> Allie, just you, Allie, just you and me hold ours up. This is Wait, how long was Hagrid's? Hagrid's was 16 inches. Because I looked it up because when I read 14 inches, I was like, I don't know. That seems long. How long was Hagrid's? Hagrid's was 16. Harry's was 11. The width of my shoulders. Basically, yeah. Is like so, so it's still, it's three inches bigger than Harry's. I don't know. I, yeah, where, 11 inches is understandable. Okay. Weird. Um, so we do get a little, we, we get a little, uh, not foreshadowing, I don't know, that Hermione is taking every subject the Lord has created this year. Um, and they're like, how are you going to do this? When are you going to sleep? And she's like, I'm perfect and I'll do anything and be really great at it. I'll so. sleep when I'm dead, thanks. 13-year-old um, <laughs> Hermione Granger. <laughs> when, does, when does Hermione, like, get spoken to that she's getting the time turner? When does this... When does she know this is happening? Does she already know at this point she's going to have the time turn? One does she the, already have I think the time it's turn? The, I think it's at the start of the term. Yeah, one of the next chapters. Like when, as soon as they get to the school, that's why they miss the sorting hat song. 
because McGonagall pulls them aside. Her and Harry. Yeah. Oh, pa- page right, 90, right. if you'd like to know. Okay. Page um, 90. So she, at this point, just fully believes that she's going to be able to go to every class available at Hogwarts without any magical help? No, I think they, it's already been decided, but they just give it to her. Like, Professor McGonagall just gives her the time turner on that day. Got it. So she's already aware she's going to have an assistant. Assistance. Yeah. A handicap. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and so then she's like, well, I my birthday's coming up. I need to treat myself. I want to buy something. And at first she's like, I'm going to get an owl. Um, so they go and, and Ron's like, well, listen, Scabbers is not doing too well. Why is he just ca- carrying Scabbers around in his pocket? He always does that, doesn't he? That's weird to me. Why do you need yeah. your why do you need your rat with you at every moment? <laughs> Keep him let him have some alone his, time. Damn. His his ESA scabbers. His and emotional like, support animal. And like when you think about who scabbers actually is, that's even creepier that he's going with him everywhere. I know. Ugh. So they go to uh the magical menagerie and um Harry is looking at all of the animals. Ari, oh, oh, yes. And Hermione confirms that her birthday happens while they're at school, yet we never hear about it. No. So it does happen while they're at school, and he never talks about getting her a present or even just saying happy birthday, Hermione. Like, they never talk about it. Do you think she's a Virgo? It's September 19th. She's a Virgo, yeah, because it's August 23rd to September 22nd. So if she's September 19th. She's a Virgo. Um, I'm curious. Uh, I've always been curious from the day that I read this for the first time, the phrase bang him on the counter. <laughs> bang him on the counter, dearie. Is Michael there? Will you ask him if he's not there? Will you ask him the next time you see him? Yeah, he's, he's not bang here right now, but I'll ask okay. bang him. On the counter. Bang him on the table. I, Wait, like, let me. Let me text him. Okay. From the time when I was a child and I read that, I was like, what the fuck does she mean? Bang him on the counter. What if he literally like by the tail was like, and like killed scabbers in this moment? <laughs> Would we be sad? I mean. No, because he's mean, a garbage. I, no, we wouldn't knowing that he was. Yes. Yes, exactly. What did he say? He says he has not ever heard someone say that. <laughs> okay. Well then what a weird thing to put in a book. Yeah. Bang him on the counter. Don't include that terrible <laughs> accent. Um, it's being highlighted. So strange. <laughs> Please don't do that. Um, how do we feel about the fact that there are magical versions of commonplace animals? Well, is does that mean the familiars are are all magical animals? Like that's I guess that's where I'm like, but. Where does where is the line drawn? Like, are there all cats? There are certain cats that are like muggle cats, and there's other cats that are magical. Like, I don't really understand. Or is it just that all animals have secret powers, but they're only revealed if they're like with a witch or wizard? I, I don't really understand. No, because she says something about um, she says something the the witch who's at the magical menagerie says like an ordinary common or garden rat, right? Can't be expected to live longer than three years or so. 
Yes, then, the so what are those rats there, witch, magical? God forbid we give a name to. We know Tom <laughs> the bartender, but we can't know the witch at the, ma- the magical ministry. Um, yeah, we only know Madame Malkin, who like sews and does yeah, that kind who, of stuff. Who does the womanly work? <laughs> yes, she does the, the womanly work. Um, I do. I, it's just a very weird and specific thing that's like not really touched on again. But it's like, yeah. how do you, how do you um, regulate that? What do you do if a if a muggle finds a magic rat? Yeah. Is that is that what Ratatouille is about? Yeah, yes. <laughs> One of those black rats got loose. <laughs> Started a family and then Ratatouille was born. Or I'm sorry, um, Remy was born. Okay, Michael just texted me and said, "Oh wait, now thinking about it, I've heard people say that, but we would always say bung, not bang. Like bung it on the table, meaning to put something on the table." Huh? But that's, that's a, even, it's a different that's even word because she definitely that's says even bang. Bang <laughs> <laughs> him on the table. Hey, bang him on the table over there. Um. Also, I don't like this woman that's running the pet shop because her solution to Scabbers being sick is just to replace him with a younger rat. Bitch, fuck you. That is so insensitive. Like, oh well, there's not, nothing much I can do, so you can trade up <laughs> younger rat. How rude. Maybe she only knows how to care for magical creatures. Yeah, she's literally like, I, I don't give a shit about this non-magical rat. I can't t- I can't tell you anything because it's not magic. Um rude. So we get a little like we get a little uh hints here about Scabbers being strange because he's old and there's nothing special about him and he's always had a toe right. missing and um he's been really off since they've gotten back from Egypt. Um and then we get an iconic introduction of Crookshanks jumping yes. from the top shelf onto Ron's head. And then going after Scavers, and then Scavers fleeing, um, and then they find him, and then Hermione walks out of the magical menagerie with Crookshanks. What a decision! What a choice for her to get Crookshanks after he attacked Ron. Is this negging? Is she negging Ron? <laughs> Maybe. Was she? She was somewhere else in the store when Crookshanks jumped on him. No, I think she was probably there. She was there when he got jumped on. I guess for some reason I didn't read it that way. I thought she was like elsewhere. I mean, he says he says that there wasn't much room inside, which makes me think it's a small shop. And so if a cat is jumping from the top of a cage onto a man's head, like I think it would be hard to miss. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, No matter where you're at in the store, you would see that happening. Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) Hermione. Jeez. I, I am glad that Crookshanks does get a redemption because mm-hmm. he is very smart. He's half measle. And uh, that oh, is that's why, why he looks the way he does. I never knew that. And, and why he's so smart and why, why he can tell that like Sirius is and why he can tell Sirius and Scabbers. Oh, he's half. I never what? knew that. Measle. I'll hold on. Oh, God. Is okay. this a is this a creature? The nasal was originally bred in Britain, though it is now exported worldwide. A small cat-like creature with flecked, speckled, or spotted fur, outsized ears, and a tail like a lion's, 
The Neasel is intelligent, independent, and occasionally aggressive. Sounds like me. Though, if it takes a liking to a witch or wizard, it makes an excellent pet. Still sounds like me. The Neasel has an uncanny ability to detect unsavory or suspicious characters and can be relied upon to guide its owner safely home if they are lost. Neasels have up to eight kittens in a litter and can interbreed with cats. Licenses are required for ownership as, like Krups and Whoopers, Neasels are sufficiently unusual in appearance to attract muggle interest. I like when Joe comes up oh, with names. Okay. I don't like when she comes up with names of creatures. Sometimes I'm like, you just, you you reached into a bag with Scrabble letters and you pulled some out and you were like, here we go. This is what we're doing today, honey. I don't like that. You don't like Whoopers? No, I really don't like Whoopers. I'm going to be very honest, Allison. <laughs> also, it's, it's I would like F-W-O-O-P-E-R. to say. F-W-O-O-P-E-R. Of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? What else could it be? <laughs> Um, I would like to say this is your third time in this book saying that you are something in this book. So in, in, I think chapter two, you said you were serious black in chapter yeah, three, yeah. you said, you said you, or no, in you chapter one, you said you said you're serious no, black. Was, chapter was two was Marge. Serious black. Two as Marge. And now, now I'm this creature. Yeah. yeah. A kneesel, a kneesel, whatever I, it is. I find myself reflected. This is why I like this book so much because I can see yeah. so much of myself in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we love and it. And also I think, um, I think you said in the night bus that you were the lady who left with her handkerchief over her face because she's yeah, going to puke. Madam Marsh. <laughs> Madam Marsh. Madam Marsh. In every chapter, Allie's going to be like, it's me. The Dementor walks in. I relate to this Dementor. <laughs> no, I think, I, no, I'm going to say Lupin sleeping through the entire ordeal. That is me. <laughs> Perfect. I'm doing a lot of identity work right now, okay? I'm figuring I out important. who I am. Mm-hmm. That's great. And if I think if, that's important. <laughs> really valuable work I'm doing right now. The world helps me get there, then all the better. Um. So Ron is very upset that Hermione has bought Crookshanks. Hermione is enamored of Crookshanks. And they go back to the Leaky Cauldron to have a meal. And Harry sees uh, Mr. and Mrs. Weasley. And um, Harry's like, oh, my God, you still haven't caught Sirius Black? (laughs) And Arthur's like, no, we haven't. And everybody is working on it. It seems highly efficient to get the entire, entire government to be searching for one person. You're going to shut down all other operations of the government just to find Sirius Black. People aren't even trained to do this and you're having them do it? That's so dumb to me. What if he's left the country? What if he's in Hungary? What if he's on Privet Drive? What if he went went to (sighs) China? And you have... What if he's an Animagus? Yeah. <sighs> okay. Um, we get a truly uh, splendid moment of uh, Harry, Percy, Fred, and George. Oh, uh, yeah. Iconic. Where we find out Percy's head boy, and he's he's come to Harry and essentially is like reintroducing himself. And then Fred and George are shaking his hand, and then they're, they're pretending they've never met their mother. And um, <laughs> we love them. Um, yeah. So then they're having dinner. They're getting ready to to go to Hogwarts. I do love Percy just straight up snitching on Ron being like, he's put all of his things on my bed. He hasn't even begun to pack. 
He he doesn't. Yeah, Percy, you narc. He doesn't know that snitches get stitches. <laughs> um, and so then they go up to bed and. Percy and Ron are in a very heated argument because Percy thinks that Ron has hidden his head boy badge somewhere. And Ron's like, it wasn't me. Relax. I can't find Scabbers tonic. And Harry's like, I'm going to leave this situation and I'm going to try and find the tonic. And when he's doing that, he overhears a conversation that Mr. and Mrs. Weasley are having um, about Harry and Sirius Black. Harry leaving the Ron-Percy interaction is very Adam during a a show strike energy where I would just go from room to room and pretend like I had something else I needed to do so I didn't have to do anything. Look busy. Yeah. Appear to be busy with something else. Absolutely. Just be rushing somewhere. (gasps) Ooh, I gotta get a thing. I gotta get a thing. I'll be right back. I gotta go. Wait, I I just... Somebody told me I had to go grab... I'll be one moment. <laughs> yes, this energy are. <laughs> so Harry is listening in on this conversation between Mr. and Mrs. Weasley, and they're basically fighting where uh, Mrs. Mrs. Weasley is like, you shouldn't tell Harry this information. He's fine. And um, Mr. Weasley is like, you know the way that they behave. They, Him and Ron have already been in the Forbidden Forest twice. And I was like, I don't. Like, I don't want to nitpick here, but Ron has only been in the Forbidden Forest once. Um, Harry's been in twice, but Ron's only been in once. So maybe be a little bit clearer about your facts and figures. Um, Also, the first time Harry went was for a school detention. Yeah. He didn't just, like, wander in there for fun. No. The second time, yes, they actively chose to go in there. But, I'll, I mean, Hagrid kind of told them to go in there that time, too, so. Um, he doesn't say they went twice. Sorry. Yes, he does. You're... Where? It's my different page in your book? 65. This is the sentence I'm referring to. You know what Harry and Ron are like wandering off by themselves. They've ended up in the Forbidden Forest twice. My sentence is different. Really? What does it say? Yes. My sentence is, uh, oh, we don't have our, we just got rid of our paperback, so I can't look. My sentence says. I have, I have both. You know what Harry and Ron are like wandering off by themselves. They've even ended up in the Forbidden Forest. <gasps> she corrected it just like the what's his name just thing. Like Marcus Marcus Flint. Flint. This is how we yeah, know it's not a good writer. Or there's not good editors at Bloomsbury, to be honest. Listeners, if you like me are reading <laughs> have an OG version. The, the book that came the book that was published and came out in 1999, we have another rarity on our hands. Allie, I want you to do something right now. Go to page 370. Near the bottom of the page, there should be a paragraph that starts with Black jumped at being addressed like this and stared at Hermione. Black jumped at being addressed like this and stared at Hermione as though he had never seen anything quite like her. Ari, go to page 278 in the illustrated copy. 
Black jumped at being addressed like this and stared at Hermione as though being spoken to politely was something he'd long forgotten. <laughs> I like the first way, the original way of saying that first. Because I always thought that was so funny that he like looked at her like he had never really seen her, be- like seen anything like her before. But may- I guess I get what she's trying to do by saying like he wasn't used to someone being polite to him. But I think it's funnier the first way. What a fun little adventure we've gone on. So this one, this one though, in this chapter has to be a correction because she realized. Ron yeah, had she not. realized. She, yeah, right. Same with the Marcus Flint situation. Well, that one, she tried to be like, well, I was just insinuating that he was held back. And I was like, you can't insinuate that girl. Also, we we know know you weren't insinuating that. You made a mistake just be like, oops, do you know how how massive these books are? Sorry, I don't remember a tertiary character named Marcus Flint and what year he was in school. Everybody would be like, yeah, I get it. No one's gonna be mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would be mad because I would be like, why are you not creating a more thorough index of your characters? If you have created this person from nothing, you should be mapping out. You should have a full glossary of characters. When you created Marcus Flint, you should have been like, okay, he's a fifth year. What you what you just said, Adam, that no one would be mad at her for not knowing about this character. I think that what makes me angry about it is that she she does put on this veneer of like, I have created a backstory for every single character. There are so many details yes. about them that you will never know because I yeah. have built this world so thoroughly. And I'm like, girl, yeah. it's, okay. it's it's just in that case, it's I was cracks like, it's in her okay facade. If you didn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You're just admit you're human. You don't have to sit there and be like, no, no, this was exactly as I intended. It's like, girl, you're a human being. You make mistakes. Just say, yeah, I, I missed that. Or yeah, I, that was that was incorrect. We fixed it now for future books. Joe, I have bigger problems than these corrections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are worse things about your books, Joe. Trust me. Um. So... So they're having this conversation and um, we have another moment where um, Arthur says the guards told Fudge that Black's been talking in his sleep for a while now. Again, how are the Dementors communicating with like, are there are there humans there, too? Are there both Dementors? That speak Dementor or that are translators? What? Are there acting translators? <laughs> What is what is their language called? Do they just like breathe in like rhythmic patterns? <laughs> and you're like, oh yes, they're unhappy. Like, I don't understand. It's Morse code for breathing. <laughs> they don't ever speak. They don't ever speak. So how are you like? Do they draw in the air with their finger? Like yeah. I don't understand. It's so confusing. It's such a that strange. They talk thing. about. It's they talk about like, them like they speak. It's. The way this is written, and because you talked about this last week, is why I was so no. I noticed it so much. This chapter is that they kept saying as command guards, like incessantly, yes, and, that. and I was like, "Wow, it really Just is a mentor." Yeah, but then I was like, "Do we, we know don't for know sure what a mentor is yet?" Do we know for sure that there's only dementors on Azkaban, or that they're just like? There's other wizards there. Well, oh yeah. god, what a terrible job. That's what I was saying that like maybe maybe the dementors guard the high security prisoners and then there are human guards in other parts of the prison. I 
But whenever they're like, oh, I don't, I, I really don't like those Azkaban guards, you know that they're referring to the Dementors. It, none the of it. The way they sense. talk about it. None of it yeah. makes sense. I, maybe we should just stop trying to make it make sense and just accept that. <laughs> <laughs> this is the trap we always fall into. We're like, we need answers. And then eventually we're like, and we're not going to get them. So let's move on. I will say the other thing that really bothered me about this conversation is that Molly implies that she doesn't understand why Dumbledore would be upset with the Dementors being on the Hogwarts grounds. And that doesn't seem to me what we later find out about Dementors and just what we know about Molly. That just doesn't seem to click for me that she would be like, Mm -hmm. well, why would he be upset about it? They're there to protect the school. And, and Arthur's like, you know, like Dumbledore is not fond of them and I'm not either, which almost implies to me that like Molly doesn't mind. And I'm like, I don't think that anybody would meet a Dementor. I mean, Voldemort maybe, but I don't, th- I don't think that really anybody would meet a Dementor. And yeah. Like, I'm fine with this. I didn't like how heated it felt like it was. Cause I was like, this doesn't seem like the marriage that we have been privy to. Yeah. This has been presented behind, to us. And it is behind closed doors. So like it could be whatever. And that's fine. It just felt like, it kind of took me out. The other thing too is I have a really big problem with how this is written. This exposition dump is not well done. Like it's just a full. Yeah. I almost prefer. I'm going to keep saying this, this whole book series or this whole book. I almost prefer how they did it in the movie where it was just like, he take, he just talks to Harry directly. Cause I, I don't like the trope of like yeah, listening yeah. in on a conversation. We just did this with the stupid teacher faculty meeting in book two. And it didn't work for me then. It doesn't work for me now. And it really doesn't work because he's like, I've told you this before, Molly. And I'm like, no, people don't say this in an argument. People don't say I've told you this before and then reiterate the exact same talking point they've had before. Like, that's not how people have conversations. So I was like, I, I didn't, I just didn't like this conversation. I was like, this is bad. This is bad writing. No, I agree with what you're saying, though, that it doesn't in terms of the relationship that has been presented to us of them being a married couple. It's almost like Molly would be the one that was more emotional and like heated when they're talking. Like, doesn't he like hit the table at one point? Like he slams his fist. Harry thinks that he slammed the table, but maybe he just like tripped over something. (laughs) (laughs) It was Molly, actually. Tommy was like, how dare you? Dropped dropped something. (laughs) Yeah. It could have been anything. It could have been anything. It wasn't even in that. It wasn't even in that room. It's completely other room. Um so basically the long and short of the conversation is that Sirius Black has escaped Azkaban under the pretenses of finding Harry and killing him in order to bring Lord Voldemort back to power. Um so Harry Harry walks away and he he goes back to his room and he lays in bed and he's like, well, someone's trying to murder me again. But the thing that bothers me most is that now all of my chances of going to Hogsmeade are gone. <laughs> he is so. <laughs> I don't even That's have the really words. really what bothers you most. For how stupid he is. I don't even have the vernacular. He's like, you know what? At this point, it's commonplace. I I expect a person to murder me when I first meet them. <laughs> like that's just that's just my my natural. I'm like, oh, you don't want to murder me because most people do. <laughs> it's the norm for him. 
it's so strange. And he's also, he's like, I've gone against Voldemort three times and made it out alive. I can take Sirius Black. I wish he, I had the confidence of Harry Potter. Of a 13-year-old. Yeah. It must be really something being white and straight. It's really got to be great. <laughs> I tell you what, man. At 13 years old, that was the year that I was like, re- like fully realizing that I was a gay man and i was like oh no 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 yeah meanwhile this kid's like i can take on anything do you understand what i'm saying i'm harry potter i am i am unstoppable the boy who lived and then he wonders why ron thinks he that that he genuinely put his name in the goblet of fire next year and he's like why would ron think that Boo-boo. Because you are the way you are. Do some self-reflection. He doesn't know me at all. journaling. (sighs) Oh, God. And then at the end of the chapter, Harry says out loud to no one, I'm not going to be murdered. Affirmations. Which is something. (laughs) His first affirmation. (laughs) Yes. Which is actually something that I do every morning. I stand in front of the mirror and I say, I'm not going to be murdered. Because why risk it? Is that your first one or are there more? (laughs) (laughs) Is that your only one or just the first one? I'm not going to workshop my jokes for you anymore if you're going to react. And that's it. That's the chapter. Mm-hmm. That wraps up. We're this moved chapter. to silence. <laughs> Next week we'll be I reading. We have nothing else to say. That's it. The Azkaban Guard. I'm sorry. It's called the Dementor. <laughs> <laughs> it it would have been called the Azkaban Guard. I'm sure. I bet someone said something. We once again have no review. So I just. Should I do another? Thing? Uh. Print media is going through a hard time right now. The Daily Prophet needs uh, subscribers. Subscribers. And everyone is out looking for Sirius Black, and that includes all the employees at the Daily Prophet. Thank you. So we got to keep those reviews coming into the Daily Prophet. We got to. Um, And that's all we'll say this week because uh, last week there was such a charged plea. I wanted to take a break from that energy. (laughs) Bone chilling, <laughs> bone chilling threat from one of our hosts. I won't yeah. say who. We're People playing, are still up in arms about it. We're playing good cop, bad cop. I'm good cop this week, <laughs> but also to fund the police. Okay, you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. As always, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so that we can get a perfect newt score. Five stars only, or else Crookshanks will scalp you. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at HPAnxious, Instagram at HPAnxious, and YouTube at The Ampliverse. Uh, we are hosted by on Anchor, so thank you to them, and are a proud member of The Ampliverse. Check them out at theampliverse.com. Thank you, Allie. Thank you, Ari. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I always have to wait for Allie to say something. And, as always... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Max. <laughs>
Voices. Building worlds.